Welcome to the Minority Report with your host, Isaiah, Terrence, and Damon. And now, over to you, Isaiah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Minority Report, sponsored by Broken 8. This is your favorite guy, Isaiah, also known as Zeke. Follow up with the coolest guy we have here, Mr. Damon Booker. What's up, Damon? Man, hey. I know that kind of hurt Terrence Hart. He really thought you were talking about him. Important people first, then we do the uh, the other cast last. Come on, you know the rules, David. Come on, we talk. Yeah, yeah, I know the rules. I'm just saying when you said the coolest guy, I know Terrence was about to say, "Hey," and then you said David. I bet this whole little heart hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to to not feel forgotten, uh, there is a Terrence Jonathan joining us today. What's up, T? Hey, what's going on? I, I didn't. I wouldn't hurt at all, Damon. I'm not. I'm not the coolest. I am the greatest. I am the baddest. And running your mouth. <laughs> and when, at some point in time, there will be a day in time that somebody will have to kiss the converse. I'm just telling you. Ooh, this somebody, was, Damon. What? What did you feed him? Like whatever it is, let me know. I need some too. Listen, he 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 eating the black spinach, also known as collard greens. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. I am the, uh, the second coming of Shonuff. I am the baddest. Hey, let's hey, let's give away. Let's give a, the first person who messaged us after this, who knows what movie Terrence is referencing with this, will get. A free minority report turn uh, turn tracker. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the first person who messages it who can reference what movie Terrence P. Johnson is referencing <laughs> <laughs> will get a minority report turn tracker. I can't wait to see who who knows this. Oh, that's be great! Oh my god! Hey, <laughs> if they don't know, they need to go ask their parents. Yeah, listen, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, just say show enough kiss converse who's the baddest meanest (laughs) (laughs) and if they can't ask their parent they need to ask their one black friend (laughs) (laughs) find them find them call them we got to they know oh my goodness man we starting off good today it's great I mean first episode of the year here we go <laughs> First recording of 2024. We start here Australia. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is when you, this is what happened when you get a good sponsor like Broken Ed. Though you just yeah. you just let it all hang loose. You just go at it. Oh man, absolutely. Hey, when you got good tokens, you got good terrain. Can't do nothing else but have fun after it. I know I got you tons know, of the basement. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? What's that? Because I got tons of the terrain in the basement. Tons yeah. to show off. My guys love it. I um and actually with the new scenario packet, um, just a reminder that Broken Ed does carry the fifty miller fifty millimeter objective, which now is called caches, um, that you can pick up that are theme based. Check them out on the website. Oh yeah. I know they uh they might be doing some special cool stuff. I know they were talking about that sometime in the future, so definitely keep an eye on the website because uh they might be doing some uh cool designs for some factions so we shall see but uh 
as Damon brought up, uh, it is a happy day for a lot of people because it's update day. Um, our first official like yearly update from PP uh, for year one of Mark IV War Machine. Um, on top of that, we did have the officially release of the new Steamroller 2024 come out this year. So as a uh, and uh, some some other things also came out this year for some changes. So a lot has gone on and uh, shaken up in the world of War Machine. That's the uh, probably to put it mildly <laughs> uh, on both all type of fronts for legacy, new prime stuff, everything. So uh, if you haven't already checked it out. Definitely check it out, at least by this point, by the time this releases, more than probably a day or so. But, uh, but yeah, um, let's jump right into it. Uh, we had the new Steamroller. Um, we won't jump too, too much into it, but our friends over at Trident True, Erica and Andy, did something really cool. They made a YouTube video showcasing all of the new stuff in the new Steamroller. So all six of the scenarios, how they work, scoring. Check it out. Um, definitely get some cool insight there. But uh, uh, Terrence, have you had time to to look through the new steamroller? No, sorry, no. You're um, killing you're, you're, you're I mean, it. it I, I mean, have I glanced through it? Yes. Have I did a deep dive and you know used it to the to divine the the secrets of physics and the creation of the universe? No. Damon, I asked you, boy, did he read it? I didn't ask him, did he see what the, the second coming of Venom? What is he talking about? I just skimmed through it. I didn't read it. I just skimmed through it. Why didn't you just say that instead of like all this other too many words that don't make any sense? You know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I answered the man's question. I don't have to answer it the way you want me to answer it, Damon. I want to answer it the way I want to answer it. Absolutely, but I like for you to answer it in a way where our our listeners know what the hell you say. That's that's all I want. Like <laughs> they anyway, understood me. No, they but, but what we will do is release a tutorial, just like trying to true, but on how to understand what the hell Terrence Johnson is saying. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't even know. We're like we'll attempt a book. It won't be a good one, but we'll attempt. It, we did uh we did share that on our Facebook page as well, uh the okay. tried and true tutorial. Yes, so if you can't find it, um if you don't listen to those guys, which you should be, uh just hop on our Facebook page and uh, take a look at the tutorial there as well. Yeah. Um but from you know, I also have not done a deep dive, but uh from what I've gone through, looked at um, I'm very excited to see some definitely, you know, from up from the preview they showed over at Warfare Weekend, uh, some very interesting scenarios, more live scenarios. You know, um, we're not fully babysitting zones anymore. You know, we're moving across the board. Um, there's scenario pieces all across the table. We have more terrain on the table now. Of And then now, and I know a lot of people are curious on if these models will finally have a use. Um, ambush models definitely have a place now in this game. Uh, looking at all the scenarios, I'm curious, um, just off of just initial looking, um, do you guys feel like ambush models will become a staple in a lot of lists? Because a lot of, uh, it's just like that one scenario piece that's off in the corner in the back of someone's side of the, the table. 
just do you feel like a lot of people will not be taking at least one ambush model slash unit to contest that early on? David? No, I don't think it's going to become a staple. Um, I do think it will be it will be more than we've seen since Mark Four, but I don't think it's going to be like I must have. Um, yeah, I just don't. I I think it's powerful. Um, I don't know. Powerful might not be the word. Actually, it's not the word. <laughs> um, I do think ambush has improved, but I don't think it will be a staple in armies. Okay. I mean, I agree with Dane. I, I don't know if it's it's definitely not powerful. It's useful. Um, it's I think as the factors that do have it available for them, those units that you are a little bit slow to put out there on the table, they had horrible stats that just happen to have ambush. You have a place for them right now. Okay. okay. Um, I don't agree with that. I think if you have a, a unit that either can take advantage of terrain, um, that's a bit faster than usual, um, or ones that kind of have access to ranged weapons, um, I think also have a place. Uh, but I do agree, you know, also not every army has access to ambush models. But I think the ones that do, um, and depending on how things shake up here in the future, obviously, you know, too, too early to say it's a staple, it's not going to be a staple, you know. Um, but just from from gut feeling, I think um, having some type of ambush would definitely give you like um, a slight advantage, but it's nothing to like where you have to take it. You know, if you can utilize it, great. If you can't, you know, you, you don't have to uh, put the points into it. My opinion. So it, I am curious to see with the suggestion that steamroller um, in the steamroller packet where table should have 10 to 12 pieces of terrain on it now uh, is that correct i think it's 10 to 14 okay 10 to 14 okay so even more 10 to 14 yep. where <laughs> in previous editions we've seen tables with seven yes, <laughs> so seven i'm nine. curious to see what to's um something that we've all been preaching on the minority report since we started this is the fact that terrain needs to be more present in this game. Now that the rules are pushing it towards that, that clearly pushing it in that direction. I'm curious to see what tables are going to look like this year. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys heard. Um, so I did a talk with a lot of the TOs, Seth, Gonzo, Erica. We kind of talked about, you know, conventions and plans and what we do to kind of get things going. And all of us talked about, you know, well, especially with the preview of the preview packet of 2024, talking about, you know, more terrain, pushing for more 3D terrain, more interactable terrain, um, you know, with the guard towers and everything else. But just having tables be more of a presence. Um, and I think that's always, you know, and as we talked about before all the time where, you know, back in the day we did the flat terrain, which, you know, it, it worked. Don't get us wrong, but it didn't make things look interesting, especially for people on the outside. Um, and now we're bringing that back. You know, we're making these tables full, lively again. And now with more terrain on the table, doesn't look as empty <laughs> anymore. Um, and definitely makes people want to stop, look at what we're what we're doing, and maybe get more people in. So um, I definitely can't wait. And I know you, Dame, are gonna be getting some more pretty tables for Siege Invitational coming out soon. So that's gonna be fun. All right. Um, with that. Let's kind of jump into the 
the big old updates that were that were made. Um, and there's a lot. Uh, we are definitely not going to do a full dive on all of, all of these changes. Um, but there were a lot of changes that were um, adding in the the additional casters, uh, like the fourth casters in for a lot of these armies, bringing in the the bonnet warjack or war beasts. Um, so there's definitely a, a lot to look at, and you know some of these we may jump into if we decide to jump into legacy faction when we do our uh, in depth talk on the armies. Um, but uh. There's definitely some some really big changes that were made, and we're gonna talk about at least that, especially when it came to the uh, the prime armies. Um, but I guess we'll kind of you know go over the initial ones. So like Orgoth, Orgoth has some uh, some big changes that uh, definitely will make some people happy or sad, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Terrence, you want to talk about those changes? Oh, yes. So I think the biggest change is the uh, the tyrant. All the changes, well, the the two changes, two major changes to the tyrant, and that is with the tyrant, the hunter head going up to three points, the melee of the harpoon is going up to power fourteen, where uh, it was, uh, I believe it was power twelve, I think before. And then the uh, the bolt thrower, the quad bolt thrower, uh, the favorite gun of all tyrants is going down a pile to 12. I mean, ultimately, I think that change seems fine. Um, seems to bring a little bit more imbalance. We'll have to just see. Um, most other volume fire guns in the game are power 12, so it makes sense that it's power 12. Um there's a few power 13s, but most of those are in creeks, I think. Um, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. the, the Leviathan or one of those dudes got it. Um, but then you got the Siege Taraz going up to speed 6, Rat, uh, speed 6, Rat 6. Um, sure. <laughs> like, okay. I, I don't know if I'm still going to play it. Like, hmm. The the problem it had was getting its uh they may have fixed one problem which was getting its raise tokens initially and it's surviving it with the new card but the pile of the gun is still really not there but we'll see um this the next change is not necessarily on Sabbath but it's just to change perdition as a whole that's trying to the threat I. Orgoth abused it the most simply because we had a red line. And the way it initially read is that a war jack could move its full speed, which meant if you had a red line jack, it was walking anywhere between seven and eight inches with perdition. And it wasn't directly towards, it was just towards before. So I think at the end of the day, it's a it's a needed change. I don't know. I don't know if it really curved. I didn't, it definitely doesn't make Sabbath worse. I think she is uh, still going to be good. Uh, still, get to, you just have to pay attention to, to the directly towards now, more so than you did before. And I think the best change I've seen on this list 
for organized of the skirmishers. Skirmishers got blessed and proud, and that seems tremendously good. I mean, that seems freaking awesome. That clearly is not the best chain, ain't you? What about your favorite girl? Ooh. Kishtar. Come on. <laughs> Man, get out of here. It's like... No, no, no. Let's 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 talk about it. <laughs> sure, let's talk about it. So, let's talk about how the fact that a caster got nerfed that wasn't great. I didn't really like Kistar's play style. The the she was a pure assassination potential for a feat. I understand all that. However, they still left her kind of linear in the fact that she they just gave her. Her feet still affects only range attacks. It still only affects her battle group. It, the repo three is something she can potentially utilize. It seems like you just just said, okay, we just don't we don't make her assassination attempt worse. Well, the other issue too, at least currently as written, her feet only affects attack rolls. Yes, the damage rolls right now, and I don't know if that's intended. If that's a, a mistype, I'm hoping it's a mistype. Um, so yeah. if it is a mistype, sure, she lost one die on attacking damage rolls. But if it's not a mistype, that's a humongous nerf to this model. Yes, and the the I do like the fact that she they took off reload and just gave her rate of fire too. That's great because she was spending a lot of focus. Uh, the Pathfinder and Prowl. Again, great. Quarry control range, great. The we we'll just have to see how it's gonna flush out at the end. I I'm still not a Kickstarter fan. I I haven't been a Kickstarter fan even since he uh, released. Um, it's just not the way I like to play, and not it's not that she was bad. I I just don't like that feeling of hey, I'm all in. <laughs> if it happens right here. I'm good. If it don't, I'm out. I'm dead. It's over. Yeah, it's so. And and again, and, you know, as you, as you already put it, you know, we understand the point of dropping it down from the strong two dice down to one die. Absolutely. Um, but the biggest talk about her was that she was just you're either building her to go all out for an assassination with your battle group, and she does nothing else at all. So it didn't feel interesting to take her. So the problem was is that you nerfed the feet. You gave her more efficiency in with her having two attacks instead of having to buy an attack. And you give her prowl, so it allows her to kind of stay more alive. But the problem is that she still does the same thing. She, she hasn't changed, at least in my opinion. Like, it's not like I'm still building her pretty linear, that she's just still the same caster, just her personal output has changed, but in general, her design is still the same. How do you? You feel the same about that, T? I completely agree. So, I'm, and I, it, it's just going to be interesting to see. Maybe some people out there that are better than me can come up with a way to make this work. But at least, at least what the, my hope, all this is under the assumption that they are going to give her the damage part of her feedback. If they don't give her the damage part of her feedback, then this is just bad. She'll, she'll never see the table. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it is bad all around. Um, no, I definitely agree. Then the other is the increase of the arc node head on the on the jackal to two points. Sure, 
I mean, Jack was probably, as far as I knew, it was the cheapest Mark IV arc node. And yeah. I'm a lot, like, Which, it's like four, well, five, like think, five, six points. Yeah, I think because it was it was the cheapest, I think they may have did it, again, making this consistent across the board. I'm not sure. Um, because again, again, I don't think anyone really complained, but yeah, I guess I mean, make things you know, like you know, Arknos cost this amount of points across the board or something. Yeah, so I think it. Uh, oh, the other change I did forget though that this change I actually like is that the Okor Barrages went up to speed six and cost nine. That's a reduction of one point. Um, I was taking them beforehand. Now that I get a point back, I can still afford my arc node. So I like it. Yeah, um, I don't agree with that. No, again, I think the initial talk was, you know, building up models that aren't taken, which, you know, definitely should be a priority. Um, so in this situation, you know, hands down, thumbs up. I agree with those changes. Yep. So that's all our guys. We'll see how it, I mean it could have been worse, it could have been better. I but it's kinda at the end of the day, it's like I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah, I agree with this. Um well well, how about this? Well, jumping into Storm Legion, um there were some very interesting changes there. Uh so let's talk about the casters. So one of the big more buffs that happened, um, Calder. Um, Lost Watcher, which was a, an upkeep no one was putting up because she had two self-upkeeps and watching definitely didn't matter. It almost never mattered. Um, but we got Crusader's Call, which definitely opens up um, her doing something every turn, being effective for the whole army. So while she is mainly for her battle group, she does allow other models that she may want to bring threat farther, such as Cav, um, which is a great buff for Cav because um, the, the original Desperate Pace never affected them anyway, so now allows the cab to move up farther. Um, and with the, as soon as we talked about Nerf, um, she's now the, the sole model in the faction that buffs up the infantry's uh, speed threat. So will it allow Calder to see more on the table? I think it will, um, because of the, this upcoming change we're going to talk about here. But um, So she, she might start seeing more playtime on the table. Um, next task we're talking about is Athena, where Athena got a buff for her control range up to 14 inches. Great. However, her feet no longer affects the friendly model's damage rolls. So before, it was essentially a science importance on our on our attacking damage rolls. And then for the opponent, they would suffer essentially the opposite, where they get additional die, but they have to drop the highest. Now, friendly models no longer get the buff to damage. Um, this is a pretty substantial nerf because where Signer has never really had a problem hitting. Like Signer has always been the amazing at hitting things however they want to hit things. Absolutely. Now us losing the damage portion of this means that her effectiveness of us trying to trade up definitely is hampered. Um so now she's a lot more of an offensive caster, but she doesn't really gain she doesn't gain anything off of um from these changes so while going up the 14 control range of 14 is nice um so we're affecting more enemy models with our feet being more defensive um 
with the change, I don't think she'll see the table as much. Um, so we'll see where she's going to land in the middle of this. I think Calder might replace her, um, or it might just be Sparkhammer taking her place um, in people's matchups. But as of right now, um, I'm curious where she's going to land once people have had time to figure out how effective she's going to be. Um, and then, you know, and I'll talk about the next change here. Uh, so Jackhammer got changed, which is across the board. It is now cost two and it's range control. Um, and this causes a lot of problems. So one big thing for a Signar players was we could take Jackhammer off the rack. Um, you can clear models off before those cast for those jacks go in. Um, you know, because engaging models is pretty strong now, you know, unless you have unstoppable. Um, but now with it being costing two, it's a lot harder to use. And outside of Sparkhammer, who can make it cost one again, for everyone else, it's actually, you know, a, a dedication to, to use that. Because before it just used to be range six. So if you were going to use it, you're either taking um, an arc node or the arcane forces um, command card. No. So I don't know if Jackhammer is going to be taken anymore, um, besides Metal who's already have it. Because while I can probably cast it once the turn to get something off of it, and so it's 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 not the same efficiency anymore. So um, outside of spark hammer and models who already have it i don't think this will be an option to rack anymore um for our thunderers uh they went down by one point to nine points similar to what uh Tam was talking about um this rogers this is a, a positive change um no the stat boost came from it but going down one point is definitely in the right direction uh mechanics went up by one point to five uh, i know a lot of people were kind of moaning groaned about this but let's be honest our support models were too damn thick. Killing those boys was really difficult. Being five hitboxes, armor 17, um, and pretty much just sitting in the back line doing whatever they wanted. So I'm not surprised by the nerf. I thought they would get like an armor drop or something, but I'll take the five points. Um, and then the last thing happened is the Legionnaire officer losing desperate pace for March for Pathfinder. Um, this is actually another big nerf, and this actually this big nerf definitely affects um, while we can't stack it with Crusader's Call, with Calder, the biggest thing is that it definitely nerfs um, Wolf. Because again, our efficiency at being aggressive with Wolf, with his feet, positive charge, and everything else, um, definitely tones down his threat range. So it's not great. Um, I don't know if they were expecting Crusader's Caller plus Desperate Pace to be a problem, but um, I'm not sure how, how I feel about it. So we'll we'll have to see how it all comes out at, at the end. But um, all in all, um, a couple positive changes, a couple nerfs that are questionable, simply Jackhammer and um, the Athena, Athena nerf. But all in all, I think. So I think, oh, go for it. So Z, surprisingly enough, if you read Athena's feet in the app, they did not take the damage part off the attack roll, your opponent's attack roll. They took the damage part off only on your on um it's, it's not like Signar has a ton of armor um to to take in. So even with us affecting the the dice roll of my opponent, we'll probably still take decent amount of damage because a lot of people have damage buffs to help mitigate that that change out. 
for us is that we wanted initially our how we usually play Athena is that you know she's the feed button. And that's kind of how I always looked at her. Like you can go heavy um, of a battle group to utilize defensive formation to add a bunch of armor and stuff, but you needed a punch to definitely kick through uh, thicker models. So this makes it um, a lot harder to do on. Well, a lot harder in general because you know you're losing that damage buff. So. Um, yeah, and this, that's why they increased her control range to 14. She's now more defensive with her feet than being both offensive and defensive. Uh, so, again, we'll see where she shakes up, but I think she's going to be out of the, the usual choices of on the on the list of casters to take. Calder may take her place or, or Sparkhammer, in my opinion. I get that. Um, all right. Uh, Damon, did your Brian Bloods get... Any changes? I, I think you guys got a couple changes. Uh, there's only one that I'm, I'm aware of, which is the quartermaster. Um, he lost uh, granting grenades, and they gave him, I believe it's called money shot. So once per game, uh, unit models in the unit get plus two to hit and damage rolls for range attacks. Um, if there's anything else, I just haven't seen it, but that's all I saw. Uh, the other change we got was that your little pig dirges went from propelled eight to propelled ten. I did see that. That is, uh, I can't believe I, I, I didn't I, even, yes, that was huge. Yeah, that, right? Almost like yeah, eight uh, was not that's enough. The, that's, that's a huge one in my yeah, that's That is, uh, I can't believe I even, uh, yeah, that is, <laughs> that was, uh, I just saw that tonight when I downloaded and looked at it and completely spaced it already. <laughs> Which is shameful, shameful. Yeah, I'm like, um, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I don't need those mofos going even farther. I mean, it's it's only two inches, man. Calm down. It ain't like they can run. It's it's I, ten inches. Propel is, is 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 pretty awesome though. But ten inches <laughs> yes. is exactly where it needs to be. <laughs> like yeah. that eight inches, man. That must well drag. I'm like, man, where's <laughs> that, bro? Catch up. <laughs> Same this. Like, and I'm like, bro, look, look, see, see. I'm like, that's that's a nice change. That's a nice change. Yeah. One thing, so let me ask you this, and and I don't know if this was clarified in the rules drop or not, but uh, Madam Marathi, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Can she cast Fury Strength or no? Yes. Um, so, um, the attachments now are friendly faction. So, um, she can't cast upkeeps or anything like that, but anything now um, that was faction specific, she can now cast and affect your dudes. So, like for for example, the attachment the the the, the one guy who can attach the Kador models can go on Tatiana and he can cast um, positive charge now. For example, uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. That's uh. Yeah. I would most definitely consider that a buff as well. Oh yeah! Oh no! No! Absolutely! Absolutely! Um, so yeah, so that definitely opens up some uh, some additional options for everybody. Um, well, you know, speaking on on that note for uh, for Kator, I know the for the people in the back, uh, I know Black Ivan got some changes. So ha- happy for everybody! You know, we got Pathfinder in. I believe it cost like fourteen points. Um, 
So we all know they're happy. Um, but Wintercore got some pretty nice changes. Um, first of all, on their their spell their uh, their spell rack, who um, uh, since became so target model is now model slash unit. That's a huge buff. Um, now they have uh, a damage a unit damage buff increase, which is definitely a bonus. Um, Dyroth got some stuff that cost a little. A little cheaper um, for it. I think one of the heads. Isn't it amazing that that's right on time for the wrecking crew? <laughs> Man, look, look, that's a plus four swing with almost all the casters besides Borisk. Because, um, like, you have the kill command um, plus plus this. You have, um, I believe she has Cursor Shadows. Can't think of names now. Zavarin. Um Who? Severin uh, has kill kill order. So Severin uh, has kill order. Baranova, there it is. Baranova doesn't have any. I don't think she has a damage book. Okay, I thought she did off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, Everybody else is plus two, but for the other, for you're right, Boris and Baranova. That's a that's a big boom for them because they, they don't have a damage buff at all. For but then but for the other two. Yeah, they can swing four now, which is a big deal for Kato. Oh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a huge deal. So, um, definitely gives those guys uh, some more punch. The uh, This is the shocking one. The the Winter Corp officer drops the two points. Dude, that may be the most valued model in the entire game. That's a, that's a pretty nice two-point model. Like You got a Weapon Master with dual attack. And with 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 orders and stay death, pathfinder everything all for two points. Seems pretty good. I mean, you can take what four of them. Like yes, <laughs> I mean, I mean, just buy four, call it a day. Seems good. Um, uh, the biggest change I'm kind of happy for is that the winter core are now just speed six. We don't have this crappy encumbrance rule. Um, and they went down a point. So I think winter core definitely needs some love. Kind of wish the the rockets got a little more love, but. Um, so far, I'm, I'm definitely happy with this change. Uh, the, the the gunners, though, got a nice change. Um, the spray size went down. They're now rate of fire, too, and they got both barrels. Like, Yeah, I still don't know if they're good, <laughs> but but it is definitely an improvement. I, I, would, I would say it's definitely an improvement, but I do not know if it will have them seeing more table time. You know, that makes them decent, at least for like a second wave coming in. Um, I'm suggesting shorter. So, and and I, I, God, I hope this comes out the right way. But if not, you know, it is what it is. I think they, okay. So I'm trying to be PC, and that's really not my strength. So I'm just going to say it. I think the unit has, that's a mass improvement. However, I think the average skill level is not going to get out of them what they're capable of doing you okay. said it best right there when you said don't do you not think it's going to be a great second wave those gunners were never used as a second wave when they had a 10 inch uh spray and i think people are going to struggle with finding their use with an eight inch spray even with a rate of fire in in in, in both barrels but yes i do believe in in a, in a skilled hand those gunners are going to put money and it's actually exactly what they need, especially 
um, with the upcoming cadre. Okay. I can I can definitely get behind that. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for the changes. Um, the the mortar team went up. Uh, Rat six, nice little buff change for them. Uh, and outside of that, that's pretty much it. But uh, let's talk about the uh, the one of the bigger changes in the room. Well. Yeah, let's talk about the elephant that's sitting on top of the elephant that Godzilla is carrying <laughs> in the palm of his hand. <laughs> uh, you know what, Terrence? You wanna you wanna take on your 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 new favorite thing to play? Yeah, no, my no means already my favorite thing to play, but they are something that I own. So, and, and Isaiah's mentioning dusk. So. There's some changes in here that I'm like, mm, why? But, and then I'm going to say this one model to the end because I have a soapbox that I really want to stand on with this last model. But we'll we start with the easy stuff. So all the Dreadguard models all got eight boxes. So that's the Dreadguard Archers, the Dreadguard Calvary, and the Dreadguard Slayers. Why Archers got eight boxes, I have no idea. But they went to nine points. And he went to right seven. So, got it. Archers are now the best guns in all of this. <laughs> they, so, um, Dreadguard Calvary also went up to 12 points. Uh, it's kind of expensive, if you ask me, but um, I just have to test them out and see how they work. I I still don't know if the Dreadguard Slayers at eight boxes. I think they needed like something like Cleave or something to really make them be able to take out at least another unit because they're not they're not super great at taking out a heavy because they they don't have any way to fix the faction doesn't have any way to fix their dice rolls. They don't they do have power fifteens, but they but it takes a lot of buffing of them and of the your uh, debuffing your opponent's stuff to really get them to do a ton of work. Uh, the either line uh, gets them at seven. Jump off for joy. Everybody uh, wanted Congratulations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, 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 it's nice. Okay. It's I'm nice. Done with you. So, then the gas. So, they... They did. A, they gave it a one point cost head to give it repo to. Sure. How I feel, I think was better. But <laughs> the uh, the they added aggressive to the fleet head, which I think to me that's the biggest that's the biggest change of the on the gas because now I can charge for free, and that's something that the faction definitely wanted access to. And then the blaster fist went to pile 10 and rate of fire 2. Ooh, okay. And the they added critical shell bound to the uh four slash and increased the power of the uh spear up to to 11. So I, my only thought process when it comes to the blaster is that because it's not rate of fire two, um, you're able to now push your model two inches 
and mostly for mostly for scenario play, I think that matters more because there's no point in giving a gun feedback if it's only going to hit once because that one inch, I don't think it's going to really come to play. I think a two inch control movement is better in my my opinion. Unless it was on the melee weapon, then that's different. I agree. I completely agree with you. the 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 issue, the only issue I have with it is, like, and then I, I don't think it necessarily is an issue. Like, I never was taking it in the first place. Like, the the guns in for for the most part, the guns in Dusk suck. They they all suck. Like. They they are all low power. There's two power fourteen guns in the entire faction. They're the AOE threes. There's only one AOE three, and it's on the archers. And the the jacks guns, uh, and they all short range. Most of them are range eight and range ten. So beat back at ten inches. Sure, uh, I have to be the first one. I have to hit you, knock you back to ten. And then shoot you the other mark you back eleven repo two inches back so I'm thirteen inches from you. Yeah, again, I, I think it's my my viewpoint is I think it's less about when it gets come to the range, less about the damage and more or less the utility, like the special rules that are on the gun than Correct. it is like the output. And I think that's pretty much looking at the heavy. This the same way, um, the the extra shoulder guns or everything else. It's more of a an extra flavor. Than what you're building for. I agree. The it, it'd be interesting to see what happens with it. I mean, I never really. You are right. All the guns in there in the faction has some kind of utility to them, and that's probably why they're all as short range that they are. Uh, but when I play disc, I'm not. I'm not trying to play a gun line. Well, but hold on, hold on though. You have a model now that has a pretty good rat. That has a pretty nice gun rule on it. So I disagree. The what rat? Oh, you talking about the uh, Dreadguard archers? No, it's about, what about your boy shaper? Do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First, before I get to the boy shaper, <laughs> the Seeker Wardens got Seeker Wardens and the Spell Ward, and the Solar Blade Masters got. Uh, Sacred Ward instead of Spell Ward, which I think that change right there is probably the change that that is the biggest thing on this update of all of, the, of all changes. It puts those Blade Masters in a place where they can start actually doing some work because Battle Lust is available to the faction. Um, I'm, I'm going to say something to all our listeners out there. If you want to deal with Blade Masters after this update, use AOEs. They die to everything. I think Dust just dies to AOEs, doesn't it? For well, if it's not a Dreadguard, if it's not Dread. a Dreadguard, it, they pretty much die to AOEs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you want to be Dust, use AOEs. Uh, then the last change is. They felt the need to give a the voice shaper rat seven. Uh, this is given a, in my opinion, a a support model, a combat rat, which it doesn't need. 
the faction is in desperate need of a three-point or cheaper solo options. If you, granted, I could be wrong, but I'm going to say something that is probably going to get Damon to respond with some kind of craziness. If you are out there playing your voice shapers, if these great combat solos, you are wrong. <laughs> you, they are support models. So why this dude needs to be Rat 7, even if he's shooting a heavy, Rat 6 is fine for shooting a heavy. He didn't need Rat 7. The faction as a whole needed something that was cheaper. And he's still four points. He is competing with a model that has Kiss and Spell Slave and another model that has Desert Pace and provides Bliss that is eight boxes that is a combat solo with dual attack like he's in this place where he shouldn't be so at least that's my opinion and it's this change it is a buff I just don't like it oh hold on hold on on. he's right seven you know what that means he can shoot casters now he's not shooting jacks he's shooting casters now okay he's gonna shadow bind a caster deal with it Yes, if your opponent puts their caster in range of your support models that's supposed to be in the back of your army, you are correct. Yeah, he's got 16 inch threat. He he got this. He got, you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, if anyone, if anyone can pull this off, sure. Sure. <laughs> in a world of perfection where you didn't need your jacks to have Pathfinder, you didn't need them to have a reroll, the only thing this dude could do was. Shoot. You're right. Sounds good. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, well, outside of the... I think that's it for the majority of the prime... Prime changes, right? I don't think I forgot anybody. Hold on. I, I have questions. Sure. Um, the heavies in Dust have the... the uh, the power shield, right? Where they can show five damage. Yep. Okay. So that's why they took it off the light. I don't think it should have ever been an option for a gas, in my opinion. Um, it shouldn't have the same role as a heavy. And it shouldn't have the same survivability or even closer to survivability than it had when you had the option to uh, take that hit. So I think that was a good move. And I think that actually gave the gas a very good position within the Dust Army, which is uh, the the missile that you guys can send out to tie up and, and do some um, get an alpha with. So that's all. I just wanted to add that. Well, that's fair. Um, I definitely can see that viewpoint because you you don't want them both to step on the same toes. You want them to do two separate different things. Um, So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, but, yeah, but I think that's it for the prime changes. Um, and, again, everyone, there's, there's also a host of other changes to practically almost every army in here. Um, we even looked through. But uh, we'll do, we also will look at some of the in-general changes that were made. Um, and looking at it, uh, the habitable terrain, the bunker and the guard tower, went down to armor 18. Um, well, that's nice. I'm not sure. It's a it's a nice change because I think they were a bit too tanky to begin with. Um, 
But I mean, I think that's pretty much just a nice little bonus there. I don't think that's going to change anything because, again, you need to bring these in general. Um, but I think another big thing to talk about is command cards because we haven't got some nice updated command cards. Um, well, first thing I mentioned, one of them, uh, the duck command card, as far as I see, doesn't actually exist. I know it's on the, the web page. Um, according to this one, you know, it gives out uh, blast resistance to warrior model slash units. Well, a warrior model slash unit, but our um, I was not listening here. Okay, uh, so what it is is that the the take cover command card, the one that grants cover to model slash unit, also gives out blast resistance as well. It's kind of like dig in. Um, so more likely, I think this was just a mistype here. Um, we also got a, a high alert high alert command card, which gives out shield guard um, cost zero. To a to a model for one round. Uh, do you guys feel like this card is going to get taken often? Um, like I, at least in my mind, I think a lot of armies already have a ton of shield guards or decent amount they can take. So this feels like a an interesting option to to add. Mm, I think there's some armies that can probably utilize it. Like like Hamira may use it, especially until. Their expansion box or some other stuff they have to get them a couple more shield guard options, right? They can shield guard to a Warbees or something. Um, I mean, I don't, it seems cool. I just oh. don't know where I'll use it. I mean, Terrence, the Siege Terrasque can get shield guard. I just give it a token. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, sure. But, but you can kind of like do both. You can the first turn give it the the, the shield guard, and then the following turn give it the token. It has two. <gasps> we did it. We solved the siege to rest. Jackpot. We got this. So now you want me to pay the points for it, and to get it to work, I got to give up two command card slots to do all this, and hopefully it it don't die from being shot. I wish they would have just gave that thing sac- uh, sat pawn for Reavers. I think that would have fixed it right there. Yeah. Some. Something. No, I, I definitely agree. Um, but no, I, there might be some niche cases where Hyler can be used. Um, but as you just mentioned, we do have another command card called Grave Robbing. Um, it costs zero. And you can play this anytime during the activation of one of your models uh, to give it a corpse, rage, or soul token. Um, and in order for you to get this token, you have to have a special rule that allows you to gain one of those types of tokens. Um, I do like this card a lot because I think um, looking at you, Circle, who have issues in generating these, or you, Moloch, looking at you too, um, and also Seastrask, uh, some of models who just have issues trying to survive to even get this corpse, to get this token of some kind to be useful, um, this definitely helps in those situations. Um, Actually, no, uh, team, remind me, does the Seastrass has to have a rage token to use the, uh, the, the, the damage negation, um, not negation. Moral fear? Yes. Moral fear. Yeah. Okay. So that's one use. Um, you know, if you're going to go in with it, mortal fear, have a bunch of dudes in there could be something, um, especially for, uh, uh, Horush feet turn, possibly. That's just yeah, me thinking. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I don't think it's good. It's 
Um, it is an option. I'll give you that. It is an option. All right, and then the, the last command card is uh, an update to another one. Uh, put, the, put the fires out. So before, um, this only affected, during your maintenance phase, it affected removing um, continuous effects. Now, you can actually use it to essentially shake. So um, a model can either stand up, um, remove blind, shadow bind, anything of those. I think that's a huge benefit, especially for models like 80, 80, our new 80 millimeter solo models um, or battle engines like that, um, who didn't have the ability to shake and were affected by um, stationary, blind, you know. Now I have a way of getting them back into the game without having to hopefully kill the model that applied it and then wait a whole round for them to be able to be fully useful again. So um, I know the put the fires command out card is free. Um, so I definitely see this being a card um, that gets taken more often, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, and Daniel may think a little bit different about this, but like, fairly for infantry heavy lists, like, to get your units, like, to shake something as a control phase so they can still do whatever else that you needed them to do in that turn, to me, is real big. Yeah, because still model slash units, so it affects the whole unit. So do you think this will definitely become? Now, do you feel like this card can be something that's higher on the list of something that you take? Because, you know, usually a lot of us take um, Blessing of the Gods and usually Power Spell. I think those are usually the, the two most taken ones I usually see, in my opinion. Um, do you think Put the Fires Out is up there? I, I think it's easily because, like, your third or fourth car slide. Okay. And I think that's it for our com uh, the command card changes. Uh, uh, do we have some some core rule changes that were done? Um, nothing. Well, one really big change, and I think a lot of us here kind of you know are are unsure on this one. So um, this so while running or well, TOing uh, Warfare Weekend, um, this was something that was asked, and I was got you know an initial ruling just for the time being um, from a few PP staff, um, but they were gonna look more into it on what benefits do extra large bases gain, as in um, you know from concealment, cover, uh, elevation, and so on and so forth. Um, as of now, they don't get any of those benefits. Yep, they answered your question. You get nothing. However, looking at this wording, and I need confirmation on this, and this is something you and I talked about. So the wording says that they never gain a defense bonus from cover. But the question is, do they still technically have it? And my question for this is the Wyvern model for Chimera. Um, with, God, I can't remember the caster's name, that has Field Marshal um, Prowl and her feet gives concealment. The model isn't getting the defensive bonus, but does that mean he doesn't technically have concealment so he can trigger to get stealth? Because they, according to this, they, are, they can still get stealth, but he doesn't get the defense bonus from concealment. But it doesn't say that he can never gain concealment. What would your guys' ruling on that be 
I'll go first. If, I mean, again, can, can you read it to me verbatim? Sure. Uh, extra large and huge base models never gain the defense bonus from concealment. Yes, he would still get proud. Okay. Because he didn't say he cannot gain concealment. Right. That's that was my that was my thought process too. I agree. I concur with the wise Damon. But so so now my thought so my question to you guys is now is how do you guys where does this put eighty millimeters in in this thought process? Because now they're pretty much treated like huge base models, um, where they're they can't gain, you know, the you know the the in combat bonus, target melee bonus, they're not getting the defensive bonuses. From you know concealment cover or elevation, they are bigger models, so you can easily see them. Um, I I feel like yes, they can gain stealth, which I am happy about. I kind of wish they got like um, some other bonuses that some um, huge base models get, like where you may not be able to knock them down or you can't push them. Um, I feel like they should have got something there. Um, yeah, I mean, so born any rules, right? At the end of the day, essentially, this update tells us that the model size of 80, 80 millimeter is pretty much the worst model size in the game because it benefits. Its size gives it, gives it no benefits. It can still be bulldozed. It can still be knocked down. It can still be stationary. It can still be grievously wounded. It, can, it suffers all the effects of all the bases that are smaller than it, and but it has none of the benefits of the the things that are above it, right? So it has nobody's benefits and no, it, so it just sits out there alone. And the fact that it really doesn't, that base size itself really doesn't have a, an advantage to it. Yeah, you can still bounce AOEs off of it, you know? You know, it's a bigger model, which means, you know, it has a bigger coverage for those AOE attacks targeting it. Um, if something says you can throw it, that's regardless of base size, um, possibly I can throw the model, even that too. So, I mean, Yeah, this is um, interesting. Um, I kind of do wish that they, hopefully in the future, they get some type of special rule to help compensate for it. But right now, I definitely agree that the, the base size itself is probably the worst because I can't hide behind anything besides a 120 millimeter. Um, but yeah, I was, <clears throat> um, it is able to benefit from stealth, but outside of that, it's not getting any other type of benefit. Um, and with that, um, I think there was any other. Oh, well, here's a here's one change, and I'm not sure if either one of you have played much of conversion. I think I think Terrence did. Um, how do you guys feel about induction going from six to nine? I don't play no conversions this thing. Oh, okay. Well, David. <laughs> Definitely user friendly, right? It's, <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I think it's good, especially for how the game is evolving. Um, nine is just as a, a good change and not as cumbersome as it used to be. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely feel it's a nice buff to more melee jacks because obviously they can go in and have a bigger bubble to to give things behind them um you know induction 
So I definitely see that as a nice little benefit. Um, so I think they'll, I think Converge may see a little bit more play with that, with that change. Cause I know for some people, um, it definitely controlled um, a lot of thinking process of how to utilize induction. Cause that's a big part of the um, army's uh, special rules. So this definitely makes it easier for them. Um, and one more big change, and this will probably be the last thing we'll talk about, but um, they decided to make a core, big core rule change that for all point sizes, you are only needing one cohort model to take in your battle group. Before, it used to be one for 50 points, two for 75, and three for 100. Um, this is definitely a huge change. Um, this definitely benefits more war machines than hordes because warlocks need their batteries to fuel their fury. Um, my only thing is that at 100 points, um, they might get away with two, depending on what they bring to help fuel, fuel their fury, um, where they may not need three. Um, but this definitely more benefits warjack factions especially for legacy factions right now um because they have access to their colossals and so a lot of them can just take their colossal um shave down some points and take more bodies so does this introduce us back to the old infantry machine terrence yes alex it does So who do you think wins the most out of this? Like what I think legacy in general gets the biggest benefit because they have access to colossals. So they have this big centerpiece that they can just take one of. Um, where obviously that doesn't work for all the casters, mind you, don't get me wrong. Um, but they have access to a colossal that they can just take out the one piece centerpiece for models who aren't very jack oriented and just use that as their you know one model and then just take the rest where they want to go. Um, but who who in Prime do you feel makes the best use out of this? Well, Pat, that's an easy question. Um, that would be Dusk. Now, so you say, now why do you say Dusk wins? Because, as we previously stated before, um, Dusk, in my opinion, now, this is just my opinion. Um, so that's that's everybody's disclaimer. Dusk is an infantry-based faction, and most of their jacks are really either expensive or they suck. So now they can take the one jack in the faction that's actually worth a darn, and his name is Ithrasil, and call it a day. And for those casters that don't want to build an Ithrasil list, they just take a arc node and call it a day. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I think I definitely agree that if you're going to build it, you just take Ezra Phil. Because um, that's all you really need, you know, in all honesty. Um, Ezra Phil provides a lot of utility, a lot, a lot of work for the faction. So at this point, if you want to max out on all your dread guards, you have, you have that ability, and then you take what you need to sprinkle in. Yeah, I mean, he still can't kill a heavy, but he can get darn close. Yeah, but you have the rest of the army that does that. Like you have access to battle buffs and everything else. 
um, hey, now that Blade Masters no longer have spell ward, there's nice there's nice battle lust targets there. And if your opponent wants to start removing them, well, they become lights. Um, you have you can take you know two of the void uh, void engines, make use six lights. Um, they can now go in, put it in work. Uh, so all sounds good to me. <laughs> yes, uh, I think it really helps with Hazaroth. Because I will never put another heavy in his list again. I will just use my lights as debuff t- targets to send in infantry. See. Now, you know, you spoke of Hazaroth. So there's another thought I was thinking of. What about um, Orgoth? Um, I know I know we haven't gotten the, the full rules for him yet. Um, but I know they talked about them being, you know, multi-moon tough models. So this definitely makes it interesting for someone like Harush, who might just take a single tyrant and just jam a bunch of meat down your throat. Um, no pun intended. Um, and feet and be like, well, here's these four, five, six tough dudes that are extra armored. That if you let them run wild, they're probably um, high damage output dudes um, on top of axers. Um, and everything else coming at you. Uh, actors, rocks coming from behind. Um, Look, it is it a possibility? Sure. Somebody could do it. In my opinion, the tyrant is probably it is probably the second best heavy war jack in the game. And I don't know why you'd ever build a list without one. And the Jackal may be the best light in the game. So, I don't know why you would build those armies without putting some Jacks in. I was over most of the Jack requirements every time I played a a list anyway. So, I'm not changing it. Okay. Uh, Damon, what are your thoughts on the one cohort rule. Uh, they missed the mark. Um, I mean, and I say miss it. They they was aiming for a tree. And they hit they hit a car on the interstate. Like it is uh is far off. And and the reason I say that is because you know the the there's two there's a there's so many things. But you said it best when you said infantry machine. That's something that privateer press worked very hard to get away from, and they opened the door for it with this ruling. Not only did they do that, but they also the, the disparaging distance between horse and war machine only it, 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 it's only gotten further because um, you, which you alluded to earlier as far as horse needing beasts in order to fuel their army, fuel their their, their warlock, their warcaster. Um or I mean for war machine it's just a luxury. Like they don't have to have it um by no intents and purposes. So uh, I'm not pleased with it. I think um even lower, maybe lowering it by one if you were going to do it that way or letting Colossals count as two would have been in my opinion the best decision to, to go with to uh, get the same outcome that they're, I think they're they're actually trying to go for. 
Makes sense. Um, well, I mean, I know we were talking about it. I mean, is there any any armies you feel greatly benefits besides the one me and Karen talked about? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I again, I agree with what you said, Zeke. When you said, I think legacy um, has the greatest benefit in this new ruling, and my vote is for Infernos um, as a whole. I think Infernos just it easily got. 30% better um, because, I mean, in, a, in 75 points, I can still summon two heavies and I can start with one heavy. <laughs> so in most cases, I'm still going to outnumber you at least one. Um, that I just, I think Inferno's just went up by leaps and bounds. And you might actually, and by doing that for them, you might actually see like the Inferno gate on the table again because of that very reason, because now, I can replace that with a heavy. Not saying that I would, but I'm just saying you could. Um, you can start off with a couple of lamenters and 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 not even because it's like no lesser. So you can just start off with two lights and not even run a heavy. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think, well, I think less. Yeah, because you can run lights and everything else. Lessers don't count, but yeah, no, you can definitely take very minimum amount of points and just. Push out the infantry, and there you go. Uh, so it's. I'm very interested to see what comes of this. Um, it again, I'm not saying it's going to be end all be all. Don't get me wrong. Um, I am definitely a bit worried. I mean, again, we could be wrong and things can just even out, and it's not as much of a worry as we think it is. Um, but I'm definitely keeping my eye, eye open on this change and and how the community. And the game goes from here. Um, but yeah, but with that, um, that is the initial release of everything. Obviously, guys, you know, for our listeners, we didn't go through everything piece by piece. What we will be doing, our breakdowns come soon um, on the armies. So just keep your eyes peeled for that. But uh, so far, um, I'm definitely happy in a lot of changes. You know, there are some changes that are you know, questionable. But when something like this, these massive updates come out, you know, not everyone's going to be happy with all the changes, all the nerfs. Um, but once the dust settles and we you know we get our foot down and start playing some games, you know, we'll, we may have some different difference of opinions on how things ended up. Um, T, any any final thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I'm interested to see, and I'll kind of answer this this my question myself first, and we'll kind of close out on this, but. I'm really interested to see what your thoughts are on this dynamic update as a whole. I know for myself, it is, there's some things in it, like you said, Zeke, that are good. There's a lot of things in here, though, I look at and I'm like, there is some disappointment coming from my end. And it's not because they, because of the nerves or anything like that. But I really looked at this as an opportunity for some of those models that are not played some of those heads, some of those arms that are on our jacks and on and on units and stuff that are not that don't see the table for priority press to go in there and really adjust those and make all the pieces viable. And I'm really kind of disappointed that it really didn't seem like they did that at all. Um, there are some, and maybe they don't intend to. They don't intend to do that, but like 
There's five point heads that I don't. That every faction has them, and I'm like nobody's ever taken. Like it's five points. Like it's a whole unit for a head, and the head's not that great. So, um, that's what I was looking forward to, but I, I guess that didn't happen. So, I'm just interested to see how you guys thought about the overall dynamic update is too. All right, uh, Damon, what are your thoughts? If I was to give it a, a letter grade, I'd give it a B minus. I don't think it was a bad update. Um, I think there was, I think there was a couple opportunities that was missed. Um, you know, I, the three huge misses for me is uh, extra large bases, um, cohorts going down to one, um, and. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if I, well, I won't say it. the bunker in, in tower rules could have been vastly improved in my opinion um, going down to two armor is not enough when you still have carapace I think the same problems that we were having with those buildings before and now are still here um, as far as the 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 survivability of them on the table and the, the same questions as far as um, the interaction. So um, I think there was some misses there, but, but everything else, I mean, even, even when we talked about Athena and Kishtar, like I, I, I understand, I don't play those fashions. So I understand that those who do might only see the downfall um, or the negative of the changes. But as me as a player who try to look at the full spectrum of, of the game as a whole, I, I think they're good ones, man. Um, I, I, I don't, that doesn't mean I'm in agreement with the full change, but like I'm really, I'm really happy with Kishtar to be real with you. Um, you know, not to dive in too deep. We've been there, but like Orgoth never has a problem with doing damage, but it's improving their accuracy is really what you want. Um, in Athena, um, I think I don't see why her her feet was changed as, as much as is what, but her control area was increased. So, yeah, you know, I'm very excited to see what 2024 brings with this new dynamic update. So I'm good with it. Okay, um, no, I, I definitely agree. I think um, I know they mentioned in uh, on you know their uh, update page where you know they looked at a specific number of updates per army. And while that is great, I know some armies, especially again, like the, the Living Circle side, that definitely needed some little more ways of getting corpses, which they did fix in, in one simple way here, um, besides the command card, obviously. Um, and I think Minoff, um, they got a little bit more love because I think they, they're lacking a, a showing presence, personally. But outside of that, I think, and I'm agreeing with both with you and Terrence said, said about um, bunkers, um, a lot of specific things that no one really takes, um, like the attach some attachments on some of the jacks, um, some of the heads. Um, there's some heads that just will never be taken for the, for the cost that they are, um, which I feel can can be an easy point drop. But, you know, there's, there's a lot to juggle here, especially for when you're looking at the whole army. I mean, sorry, the whole game. Um, of Prime, you know, Mark IV Prime and the legacy brought over. Um, maybe if we had like a time where we would just focus on 
legacy and the one of prime, you know, we might get more changes that way since we're not juggling all of it at once. Uh, but we'll see. Definitely we'll see what comes out this year, right? Um, you know, this is just the initial knee-jerk reaction to it. So once the dust settles, we get some actual time with it. As I said before, you know, our, our viewpoints can definitely shift up or down um, from what our initial reading is um, of these changes. So, but all in all, um, I definitely agree with the B um, for a letter grade on B minus. I'm a little more on B, but I, I definitely see it both ways um, on the grading of this update. So I am I am also very happy on the new Steamroller. So I definitely can't wait to get a lot more games with that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, definitely opens up the games more. I'm super happy for more terrain on the table. That's a huge thing for me. So um, a lot of cool stuff to come up. So thank you again, guys. This is the beginning of 2024 for the Minority Report. We got a lot more stuff coming along the way. Um, as mentioned, um, early in the podcast, um, we have the season rotational coming up. So coming out, guys, we're going to be pushing really hard to make an, another amazing year, do better than before. Um, go check out Broken Egg. They're a fantastic sponsorship for us. Um, besides that, we're, we have more great things along the way, working with people. Um, Adapticons around the corner, so can't wait to see everyone there. But uh, that's it for our, our first showing this year. So thank you all for your support. We love you guys from here until now. And hopefully see you guys at the final table. Have a great night. This has been an episode of the Minority Report. Until next time, see you at the final table.